Welcome to Trail Talks, a podcast discussing the opportunities students have with career services. And now, from Utah Tech University, it's Trail Talks. Hello, hello. Hi. It's been a little bit since we've been on here. It is. So, and today we have Benjamin McClouch. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, you're closer than... Okay, <laughs> you, you you say it for us. Uh, it's McClouch. 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 Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people hold on to like AL. It's just McClouch. Okay. Um, well, we are here with uh, Ben today, and he is a proposal writer. He uh, has had some experience um, at Utah Tech being an English major. Um, but I want you to tell tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, why you wanted to go into English. Yeah, so I grew up in northern Illinois, uh, definitely further north than Chicago, but kind of around Chicago. Um, and then around 18, I moved to St. George with my parents, and it was there that I got, uh, that's where I started, I enrolled in UCU uh, for the English program. The main thing, I was thinking really hard about it, the main thing that got me involved in English, I think at the very, at the youngest age, my dad around, in like at the hunting camp, my dad would sit around the campfire every night and tell stories. And so from like, I don't know, six to 13, maybe I would sit there and listen to him tell these stories. And I noticed how he would like change his stories and they got better over time and stuff. And so I think that was really the first thing of like narrative and the retelling of something that I really noticed. And then my dad got me into books. Um, and the big thing was uh, in high school, reading um, reading The Great Gatsby. Mm. That was like a, that was a book I really emotionally connected to. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is, this is really cool. What's going on with the story writing? How does the guy do Yeah. I maybe am embarrassed to say I haven't read that book before. So I also have never read that book. <laughs> oh, I know. You both, wait, neither of you have read the book. No. I went to all of high school. Hey, I'll okay, put it on my no, list. I'll put too. it on my list. It's next on my list. Um, I know <laughs> actually, right now, too, the English department is they have on their board in their um, collab, collab room on the fourth floor. They actually have books that I'm embarrassed to say I haven't read. I saw that the other day. And so it's actually kind of cool. So maybe I should just go put my name on the board and, and put that book on there. <laughs> I will be checking your good. So <laughs> uh, funny. OK, so. um so with English too, I mean, it sounds like you were very passionate personally about English, but what did that look like in terms of like trying to find a job or thinking about what work would look like too? Because I would, I would maybe assume that proposal writing wasn't your first uh, <laughs> choice. Um, actually, so it's funny, it may not have been my first choice, uh-huh. but after I took the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, after I took the grant writing class with Dr. Kotovic, mm-hmm. I, like, it was during that class, I was like, oh, this is, this is the thing I can do that's, like, real, or quote-unquote real. This is something I haven't known about before, but it's, the application of business for that was so just, like, 100% clear that it actually did became a main focus in maybe my sophomore year. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, like everyone, I dreams of being a novel writer. I still do, uh, but you know that's I work on that at home on the side. Oh. Uh, when I'm not in my day job, that's that's my boom writing, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I'm, I would imagine that you probably had a lot of people in your cohort in English kind of doing some of that stuff on the side too. Yeah. I think that's, that's everybody because what, what 14 year old is like, man, I want to write. Old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If a 14 year old saying that, I would be concerned. Like, please <laughs> find some things you enjoy. This is too early. Um, but yeah, so I think every writer, most people get into writing because of novels or short stories or poetry, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, good nonfiction books. And so I think it, uh, most writers, I would bet have started with the need for like creative is what gets them into it. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so I am curious though, um, for maybe even the viewers that are listening, what is a proposal writer? What does your day-to-day life look like right now? So the easiest way to explain it is I help companies get married. Okay. Under silly song, um, because what happens is you have these companies that are sending it that want to sign a contract for like $10 million, right? And they're not going to do that just kind of like willy nilly. You can't just like shake their hand and be like, yeah, we'll do that. Um, so what ends up happening is they put together these teams to send out proposals, right? Which the shortest way to explain it is like a giant short question, uh, short answer questionnaire. And so they put these out. And what happens is at my company, I work with sales teams so the sales team will bring me this proposals mm. and i'll take them i'll look at the company like what their values are um what other sorts of things that they really look for in businesses and then i'll take the information about our company and uh form it all to fit into that and make sure that's the best response possible that puts us in the um the best position to win so it's like you're working with their sales team to try to get their business then too, and then just clearly explicitly saying all the things that need to be said. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually so it's our sales team. What happens is uh, like I work at OC Tanner. The OC Tanner sales teams are constantly prospecting for deals, right? Going out there mm-hmm. on the beat looking for stuff. When they finally have something, they bring it into my department, which is SST, Strategic Solution. And then we say, all right, we're going to help you with this part of it, which is the proposal. Um, and that's where I come. And then once it's submitted, our sales team goes back to like following that and I go on to the next project. Cool. So in your strategic solutions team, do you also like, who are the other people that you work in your team? So the department is, there's a director mm-hmm. and then there's two managers, there's kind of sub teams. There's the proposal writer team and the project manager. Um, so there's me and three other writers, as well as the manager of the writers, mm-hmm. and then three project managers and a manager. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so in that team, I actually I don't work with the writers. I I every project I'm assigned a project manager, so I work a lot closer with the project managers individually than like the other writers. Okay, so it's a lot of like individual work that I'm guessing. Yeah, it's so I'm very much when on a project, unless it's a really big project where I need backup or if I'm going out of town or something, um, I'm usually pretty much uh, a lone wolf when it comes to actual writing. Wow. Okay, cool. 
Um, so that's good that you're kind of doing that independent work. What other kind of skill sets um, do you feel like you use on a daily basis? Well, yeah, so there's similar to being a student. The basic ones are like the researching, the editing, the composition, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the big ones are obviously time management. Any job you have is going to require good time management. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also a lot of soft skills that go into it. Uh, if you remember like having a group project and understanding that, all right, this one student or this one person I'm working with is really good, good at doing this first task, but not so good at the second one. Mm-hmm. I need to do the second one. They need to do the first one for the most efficient. There's a lot of that. There's like a lot of relationship management, um, and a lot of, uh, keeping, keeping things organized too. Uh, SST and proposal specifically are super detail oriented things. Mm-hmm. There'll be 200 questions that all need to be like under 2000 characters for each response, mm-hmm. um, all of those sorts of things. So there's a lot of keeping everything in track too. Right, okay, cool. Um, and so I'm curious as, as well, like securing that job, um, I don't, mm-hmm. like some, I've had a lot of students that will come in too and just kind of say, I don't know what to do with my English degree. And maybe they have a general idea kind of like you did with your um, uh, with your grant writing class that you took. Um, but how what did you start doing to prepare yourself for job searching? Um, and how early did you start? Um, so I had always been pretty focused on that. I think probably the single best thing for your mindset when you're going through college is being understanding of like where it's trying to take you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think like a lot of schooling, you kind of get like led by the hand and told, oh, you need to go here, you need to do this, you need to go here. But after college, you're kind of on your own wondering what you should do. Mm-hmm. So at, in college, like sophomore year, when I took that grant writing class and understood that that would be a really uh, valid thing, or not valid, a valuable thing to pursue, um, I started focusing everything for that grant class. I went out and found a specific uh, nonprofit to work with. And then after that, one of my professors at uh, UTU connected me with a little bit of side work that I did. And then eventually I did an internship over a sponsored program. Mm-hmm. So those were just like, and those, how I prepared for those is I was constantly asking around, trying to build good rapport with my professors and let them know that I'm a consistent dude that's going to show up and get the work done and that they their reputation wouldn't be damaged for recommending me to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, on the side of that, there's there's always the talk about um, like resume building, mm-hmm. uh, talking about getting the job at OC Tanner. I started applying. I was hired at OC Tanner in January of 2022. Okay. I applied for the job like October 31st or November 1st, so two months before I graduated. Okay. Uh, because, and you know, you could be like, oh, well, I'm not graduated yet, but there's a ton of companies that'll say no when you are. Mm-hmm. why not why not do that right then and if it works out that's even better you know? yeah did you start us like a whole semester before like searching for jobs too before you graduated or did you start even before that so you started you i mean it sounds like you did a lot of prep work with your experience side of things but like when did you actually say like boom i'm starting to I'm gonna look for jobs <laughs> i'm gonna look for jobs yeah. right now <laughs> i think i think throughout my entire college career i just applied to jobs uh-huh. It's not illegal to throw an application for a job you're not qualified for. 
Right. That's uh, true. When I really hung those down was uh, over the summer before the, uh, before graduating. So during that summer, I really focused on it. I had uh, collected enough experience and education that I felt I was really at, uh, like, actually truly qualified for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over the summer, I focused on making my resume nice and refining it down to what it only should be and nothing more. And then I really started applying, I think, like September. And I just figured out job application after job application. So three months before. Yeah. Um, how many jobs did you apply? Sorry. I was just going to ask that too. Remember? <laughs> I I don't know. Okay. Uh, probably in the hundreds. Wow. Was, That's crazy. I would, go through, I would go through and read them. And even though proposal writing is what I had a focus on, the really cool thing about having an English degree is it's such a it's such a flexible career mm-hmm. uh, there's so many opportunities there's so much where language interacts with business right in, in almost every facet at right. every level yep and so as a writer it sometimes it's a little bit of a double-edged sword and that like no business will ever ask a CPA or an accountant like what can you do for a business but at the same time you're then kind of pigeonholed into doing that whereas with a writer you can and talk your way through it you can figure out and explain how you fit in and it becomes a really really flexible um so yeah okay cool um so uh can you talk to you about like how you specifically connected with oc tanner as well because i mean it's sounds like i mean this is the one that you secured after you did a hundred <laughs> job applications <laughs> like what was yeah. unique about this experience so reading through what OC Tanner did is uh, was one of the things that really made me interested in them. I did the standard, just apply for it, and then heard back. But when when I heard back from them, because I was interested in what the company does as uh, like their products, um, I really was excited about it. Yeah. And so during my first interview, just kind of the preliminary meeting with people, I. Uh, obviously I do my best to be personable but I was really excited to talk with them and have a proper discussion with them and I think that showed that almost made me more than a resume in a way mm-hmm. it brings my character to life and it makes them curious about me while I'm curious about them Yeah. and then after that I made sure I was really good about the follow ups I didn't put them off I made sure to provide anything that they asked for um, like as quickly as possible and just kept up that report through the interview process and I think mm-hmm. that's the thing that also got me interested. My team, my team is really, really cool. It's the best team I've ever been a part of. Uh, this is the best manager I've ever had. I'm never stressed about my job. So it just that connection to like, all right, I really, really want this job. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you really wanted it. So talk to me through too, because some students are so nervous about even just the interview portion and what that looks like, even the communication. That you're having with those people so you kind of learned that you liked it what what happened after that yeah so being so are you talking like how to get over the nerves of dealing with interviews i guess yeah like what did yeah. you personally do and what i guess suggestions would you have for for other students so first of all don't think i'm impervious i felt like <laughs> through every single interview uh <laughs> It's like I, you know, I walked away from it. It's like when you like send a text saying you like someone and you have to like set down your phone and like, walk into their room face. Yep. Uh, Run. It, you throw it. Throw yeah, the phone. 
Um, but so it was nerves are a part of it, but it, when, when you're working, when you're doing like an interview, yes, there is certain, there's a certain amount, there are boundaries because it's professional, but, mm-hmm. but these are still people too. They still want to, they still want to laugh. They still want to hang out and have good times with people. They don't, they're not just the angriest person on earth. So obviously there's a very clear line of like being professional and unprofessional, but even in professional settings, there's still like jokes that can be cracked. And if you kind of break that ice and show that it's just, you're not a robot, you're a real human. Mm-hmm. Just, you are who you are and you're fun and you want to be a part of the team and you're relaxed. That may even be more important than being the most qualified. Because I know from my manager, she's told me about how she would much rather have a good person to work with who's ready to learn than the most qualified person that's real terrible to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just taking a deep breath and understanding that what happens is what happens and you do your best. But if something goes a little bit wrong, that's okay. Don't get hung up on it and just keep on focusing on what are the interviews about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, even that that composure you have to keep like throughout that the whole like interview process and then getting the job. Um, but also there's a lot of like composure you have to like keep when you're in your your job, too. So even just like maintaining a work, a healthy work life balance. Um, so talk to to kind of some skill sets or some, uh, I guess, routinely things that you do for yourself to kind of keep that that work life balance. Yeah, so I uh, one of the main things is that I make sure that I have the like my away hours set properly on my phone for Outlook and Teams and all that because when I'm home, I don't want to be seeing messages about how this project I'm working on has lit on fire and that I'm going to have to go to it. Um, when I get home from work, I take like a twenty minute walk. I live near a park, so I walk down to the Mm. Um, without my phone, without anything, just uh, being myself and not worrying about it at all. And then when I do my work at work, uh, of course I do it to the best possible, but I do my best to manage my time so that when I like when I clock out per se, I'm not worried about all things I have to catch up. You know, when I when I clock out Friday, I'm not worried about what I got on Monday morning first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having those sort of boundaries and, you know, having like making sure you spend some time with friends, take care of yourself, eat well, sleep, that sort of thing. Um, all of that contributes to keeping work as work. Yeah. I mean, it also just sounds like the work school or school life balance, too. <laughs> yeah. So all those skills are getting. <laughs> oh, well, uh, hopefully that's helpful to some of the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> that that's. It just continuing to know that it was on. <laughs> it's, it's really not that bad. One of the things when I was feeling a lot of imposter syndrome about like, am I good enough? Um, one of the things I told myself is these businesses want you to succeed. The better you do is the better that the company does mm-hmm. as a whole, right? Um, and a part of that too is that they're going to build this job to be done sort of at the, at the lowest common denominator so that as many people as possible can do it. And the chances of you not falling like within that bell curve are extremely low. So trusting yourself, you know, you're a capable, talented person and you'll be able to get through it. There's nothing saying that you won't. So don't, you know, don't drag yourself down. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's funny because like even in my job, too, and I've been doing this particular role at least for almost two years. And sometimes I'm like, well, I'm an imposter. (laughs) Why did they pick me? And I I don't think that ever goes away, honestly. Yeah, I don't know how many times my manager has to tell me I'm doing a good job for me to believe her, but we haven't found that number yet. (laughs) Yeah. I've been doing this radio thing for 30 years and I still feel like an imposter. So, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't go away. Ayo, Sean, the director, too, is saying that. So that's, it's a big thing. Um, but I, I got to sidetrack, too, on kind of talking about that aspect of that that uh, work-life balance type stuff. But I wanted to go back kind of, too, to some of the um, portfolio items that I'm sure that you, you had collected over the years. Um, mm-hmm. And how did that play in? What what did those first, what did they look like? And second, how did they play into you getting your current role? Yeah, so my portfolio item, it, one of the things I tried to do, one of the focuses I had when collecting those pieces is I wanted the different pieces to demonstrate different skills. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were all the exact same thing, showing that, that I can do the same thing that that looks pretty flat right that's one dimensional right so i had i did a project where i designed like a um an information card for students and so i had that that shows okay i understand documents how to make them work. Mm-hmm. um i used my capstone because that was a semester long project that i had to consistently work on mm-hmm. um and so that showed dedication and the, the ability to follow through on something um so just all those different things uh i think i had five uh five items total and all of them had like a little bit different flavor of what i was doing in them and so that was my focus on it and making sure that i understood what that was and when i like when i sent my writing sample to my manager i made sure to like everything that was typed out i made sure to explain like this sample is about this and it shows how i did this this sample was in this context this is how i did this and that way she had more understanding herself to appreciate the skills I was showing mm-hmm. oh my gosh that communication part of it is so <laughs> I think some people just kind of skip right over that and just say here's a bunch of information have at it but yeah, that it, context <laughs> yeah and it's scary it's you you're afraid to, to make the wrong step you know but no step is worse than making the wrong step yeah I mean I know too is like a as a creative person, and a lot of creative people feel like that, um, that somebody's going to look at your work and go, ooh, that's not what I wanted. Um, so how did you kind of overcome, I guess that's even in a, in a sense to imposter syndrome on your own work. Like, did you experience that? How did you get over that? Yeah, that's, that, especially when choosing the writing samples, it's like, well, I have this thing, would this be better than that? What do they want to hear? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the thing that I picked are the things that I felt uh, correlated with my strongest skills, right? Um, and so for that, they can say, oh, well, that wasn't really what we were looking for. And if that leads to like not getting a job, that's unfortunate. But uh, I do my best to remember to be proud of, I've made this thing, I put in the time, I'm proud of it simply for existing. And if it doesn't, if it isn't what someone else is looking for, that's okay. I can't control that, but what I can't control that this thing is as good as it could be. Right. And after that, you it's it's hard, but you should try not to have a lot of shame after that. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. 
Okay, last thoughts. Do you have any uh, suggestions or um, recommendations or just words of wisdom that you'd like to give to our listeners and then even specifically those in English too? Yeah, uh, one of the big things that that hold a lot of people is when it comes to your resume, really actually keep it simple. On my resume, I had like three items of experience with a little description below them and then uh, my school and then some skills. But it was one page, it was one page, maybe like, I don't know. There was so much white space in it. But the thing is, is that kind of in a resume or any piece of art, really, if you want to call it that, there's a certain amount of weight to it where or the impact of it, the more you put into a piece, the less impact it has. Mm -hmm. So keeping that simple and straightforward gives it a lot of impact that makes it clean and simple and easy which helps the people want to talk to you. Absolutely. The other thing is, I can remember the spring before graduating, I I was so anxious about it, and it's just trusting yourself. You are a, t a talented, capable person. People want you to work for them. Just keep focused, and it'll work out all right. So don't stress me much. Woohoo! Words of wisdom. Thank you so much, <laughs> Ben. You. We'll see ya. Yep, thank you. Thanks for listening to Trail Talks, a podcast discussing the opportunities students have with career services at Utah Tech University. For more information, go to career.utahtech.edu. Till next time, this has been Trail Talks. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.